welcome to the weekend edition of Psychic Today. I'm your host, Jill Roberts, and I'd like you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So today we're going to be continuing with developing mediumship, and there's certain things that topics I'd like to talk about before delving into some of the other stuff. Um, so the first segment we're going to do today is important. It will help ground you as a medium. It will benefit you whether you want to be a medium or not. So let's start off. And it is fear. There's a great quote by Ritu Kitorne, if I'm saying the last name wrong, I apologize. But it is love is what we're born with. Fear is what we learned here. The spiritual journey is the relinquishment or unlearning of fear and the acceptance of love back into our hearts. And it's very true. I think, and I'm not saying this for for everyone who is a medium or has psychic senses, clear abilities. Um, I do think that certain traumas growing up and certain situations in childhood do eventually become beneficial. And I know it sounds terrible, but I will ex- I will explain that a little bit later on as we get into fear. But basically, and the Course of Miracles says this as well, um, the opposite of love is fear. It's not hate, it's fear. So at the base of every one of our emotions, it's either fear or love. It's one of the greatest ways to foster our higher selves. And to begin by working to relinquishing irresponsible fear and to respond to fear differently when it's expressed in our emotional states. So when we're emotional, it's either one of two things. And what I find incredibly interesting as humans, we tend to let the fear catch our attention more than the joy and the love. And it's so incredibly sad. But when you're conscious of it, when it's brought to your attention, you kind of can turn it around. If we don't, if we don't have this conversation right now, whether you, like I said, want to do this or not, as a human being, you'll have a choice to make. You won't let fear grab your attention or the horrible, or the terrible. And of course, it, it's natural for us, for humans. I mean, fear is what grabs us. So, you know, when you think about when you react with anger, anxiety, um, kind of, behavior where you're upset or yelling and it's acting out of 
fear, when you react with kindness and understanding, you're acting out of love. And it's hard because there's a couple of examples in life where we act out of fear because of our love. For example, if your child is somehow in danger, you know, something happens where they potentially could have gotten extremely hurt. Could be you were out of the park, could be at home with a hot stove or, you know, sticking a fork in an electrical socket when your back is turned or crossing the street and running after a ball. And you grab them and they're safe and you're just so fearful at the time and then you're just so relieved and then you yell at the child. This behavior is, believe it or not, it is acting out of love. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing this. So, you know, the reaction out of fear is based on love. So it can be really confusing. And uh, another example is in relationships, love relationships. If you're home waiting for someone and they don't show up or they're several hours late or they're not getting home on time or something to that effect. And, you know, when they get in, you get angry and you start arguing with them. And, you know, is that acting out of fear or out of love? You know, maybe you were worried. Maybe you thought something happened to them. Um, and you just think if, if he's okay, I'm going to kill him. (laughs) And it's amazing how we act like that. By recognizing we are acting in fear, we can take pause to our reactions and react out of love. By doing so, we're moving into a higher vibration and connecting with our higher self. And I want to get into the higher self in a little bit too. But what are some irrational type of fears? Like fear of heights, fear of, you know, being in tight spaces, fear of going to the dentist, fear of darkness, fear of the unknown, ghosts, etc., etc. These are also fears that can be worked on to elevate the vibration and which duality with the higher self. Because there's nothing more debilitating in this world than fear. I mean, it really it really stifles us. It stifles us in our personal life. It can stifle us in our love life. It can stifle us in, stifle us in our work life. It can stifle us as mediums, believe me. Because I'll get to that later. Fear is what happens before readings a lot of times. So... You know, we need to understand that fear is the root to cause prejudices. And what we don't understand is we react to in fear. It's unfortunate. But I think that's changing a lot, thankfully. I hope that this generation, I know it with my son, you know, um, of course, He's a history buff, but not so, I mean, American history, yes, and European history, but much, much further back. You know, more like the revolution, not civil rights. And um, his first girlfriend, 
was um, Trinidadian, um, very dark-skinned Trinidadian, and he's white. And, you know, it was wonderful that he thought that this was, there was nothing to even be thought about, that he's white and she's black. I mean, she may not be African-American, but, you know, she's black. And to see that just filled my heart with just pride and love for my son. And it's, it's amazing how things are changing. And it's wonderful. But um, we can get to some other things, too. So, you know, as a professional medium and teacher, you know, I like my clients and my students, you know, people that I, that I mentor, um, to know, to conquer their fears. Because, you know, this is how I got to this. You know, I've had fears. And, you know, I had a horrible childhood and abusive father and traumas of, you know, people passing. And, you know, even when I was little, I would see, you know, people who I thought, I, I didn't think anything of it. I, you know, had a, had a, a, not a ghost, but a spirit at the end of my bed, you know, many times where I thought that this was normal, that everybody saw entities, you know, and and these were entities of, of love and ancestors and, and loved ones and grandparents that uh, had passed when I was very young, stuff like that, um, not malevolent entities. They were very, you know, loving. So, and usually children, children are open and children will see these things. And if you're a parent, don't freak out. If anything, cultivate it. I'm doing that with my daughter. You know, she's very artistic. She's very creative. And of course, her main psychic sense is clairvoyance. And um, she—it just comes naturally to her. And I try and teach her certain things to do because you know we lost my grandmother, which was her great-great, which was her great-grandmother, and she was very close to her. And so next week, well, less than a week from now, um, the anniversary of her death is coming up and with my daughter I try and explain to her um, you know ways that she can develop her psychic senses especially her clairvoyance without it being scary that it's normal because it is normal you know once we get to a certain age usually like the double digits is when we tend to close down in this dimension, in the 3D. And it's sad, it really is. And then we don't have an epiphany, a spiritual epiphany until much later on in life. And just, I am so grateful that I was, I chose to be born at this time because 
there is a mass awakening of of higher consciousness because of you know us moving into the you know fifth dimension and you know our our bodies we're not so heavy anymore we're able to connect to our higher selves and not be so bogged down here and of course we're all going to you know deal with the other trivialities of life with you know paying bills and work and i'm not saying to just you know quit your job and you know meditate and <laughs> everything's going to be okay and not to worry about those things we all worry about those things we need to to survive for survival, absolutely. But there's another part of our lives that are changing, and they're changing for the better. So how did I develop? Well, once I became an adult, and I started to see that, you know, certain things were happening, certain things I was getting more interested in. And, you know, I read up on everything I could get my hands on because at this time there weren't any, you know, courses online. There weren't podcasts. The internet had not existed. And if it did, it was minimal. And what's great about now is that I can impart my experience and my wisdom to to all of you without with you just pressing play on an app i mean technology can be a wonderful thing but yeah i had to do all of my um my research via physical books <laughs> not even kindled i'd prefer physical books anyway any day but, um, and they would be exercises in these books. And I, you know, I had psychic senses. Um, they, you know, I started with The Course in Miracles with Marianne Williamson, whom I adore. She's going to be, she's doing a, uh, a, a committee, figuring out if she's going to run for president in 2020, which is awesome. I definitely think we need this type of, spiritual heightened awareness with politics and I'm not going to get into politics but I think it's wonderful that she's you know has an exploratory committee so if you are a fan of Marianne Williamson she's been around for a very long time if you know about the Course in Miracles go to uh, MarianneForAmerica.com and you know tell her you, you want her to do it if you do if you don't then don't go to her website or you can go to marianne.com but anyway i <laughs> i diverted um so you know i was i brought i was brought up catholic you know from from the time i was you know and i went to catholic school from the time that i was two and through college till in my 20s um and that was all i knew so once i had this epiphany and I started listening to Marianne and it, you know, and then Wayne Dyer and 
Hay House and, and I started getting into metaphysics, I started to open my mind up to so many different ideologies and philosophies that weren't based in traditional, you know, organized religion. And it really woke me up. I mean, studying all the different world religions is very interesting. But learning and, and it just being discovering again later on in life is is so empowering and it's so so special. But you don't want to do it too late. Some people do it in you know, not in their twenties. I mean, believe me, it took me a long time. I <clears throat> I was interested in the tarot. I was interested in all types of different spiritualist stuff. I was interested in shamanism. I was interested in Buddhism. I was interested in everything. And I think in your 20s, you're allowed to be interested in everything, and we should be interested in everything. But that's what I did, and I read up on everything, and I started teaching myself how to cultivate and hone my abilities, how to read auras, how to um, how to meditate, even. There was this great book. Um, it's a tiny one. I will find it because it really helped me with learning how to meditate and meditate in a serious way. Um, I will do a meditation episode, but where I will guide you through a meditation. Um, not a serious meditation, meditation to relax you, meditation to open up your mind and open up your consciousness and hopefully connect you to your higher self. And, you know, that will help you conquer whatever fears you have, whether it's claustrophobia or agoraphobia or just everyday little fears going to the dentist. I used to work as a dental assistant and a surgery assistant. And people hated coming to us. Hated it. I mean, they didn't mind coming to me when I was bleaching their teeth or whatever, but, you know, that's the last place you want to be. And there is one of the biggest fears. It's fear of flying and fear of dentistry. And, um, you know, I did conquer both. <laughs> I spent I spent my 20s on top of that you know, flying between New York and, and London and England because I am an Arthurian scholar as well. And um, at the time, the Internet wasn't what it is today, and I would go over there for research material. So I have a lot of articles and books about the history and legends of King Arthur, not novels more academia. So I have the logical side of my brain as I'm, you know, doing this Arthurian journey, which in a way, because it's it's all steeped in mysticism and mythological and 
me trying, I'm using my logical mind, but yet I'm doing all this other stuff with the Course of Miracles, and I'm learning how to do, you know, I'm looking into everything, Wicca included, and different types of paganism, and um, and it's all kind of amalgamating for me. And between A Course in Miracles and King Arthur, it really did. And, you know, I was afraid to fly. I had flown with a friend down to Florida from New York um, in my late teens, and I was a wreck. And I had flown before as a child, and it had been a long time, give it, that I had flown, but I was deathly afraid. And even though I knew the statistics that I would much, much easier get into a car accident and die than I would in a plane crash, I think with the plane, we feel so incredibly out of control. I mean, you have that to a certain degree in the car as well. But with the plane, you know, if the plane goes down, you're done. You know, not many people survive plane crashes as opposed to motor vehicle crashes. Um, so I think that is where the, the most people's fears are steeped in. But once you shift your consciousness, these fears become, they dissipate. They're not as stifling as they are from before. So you just have to, you know, breathe. <laughs> Concentrate on breathing because then you you can relax your body. So, you know, you have to accept and affirm certain fears. You know, I have a fear of what? Blah, blah, blah. I have a fear of flying. And it's blocking me from traveling. So I choose to remove that fear from my life. That is an affirmation. That is accepting it and affirming it. And I love it. My tutor has, has this. She has these six steps that she talks about here. Step two, understand it and affirm it. This fear developed in my life because dot, dot, dot. This fear has no place in my life anymore. I choose to heal my past. And I affirm to continue on my path without this fear or past events holding me back. Step three, learn about it. Google it. Buy a book about it. Join a group on Facebook. I choose to heal my past. I affirm to continue on my path without this fear or past events holding me back. That is the best advice I'd ever been given. Especially when it's a childhood thing. I mean, yes, I was afraid to fly, but I was a lot more afraid of my father. So I had to choose to heal that, and I did. I finally did. It took me a very long time. Actually, if I, I just healed it in June. When we had a discussion about something he did, um, and I said, well, what if this had been done to you? And your mother said, you know, it was because I was, and it was a bullshit, you know, reason. And he got it. And that's all I needed. I mean, I spent years in therapy over 
over a lot of the stuff. Um, and he got it. And that's all I needed. I needed him to get it. And then I was able to heal. You know, that doesn't mean you keep these people in your life if they're toxic. You know, um, I was very confused about this as I was um, developing my mediumship and I was um, being mentored. And my mentor gave me the best advice. She says, you know, because all the books and all the, you know, gurus talk about, you know, you have to forgive and, you know, and truly forgive. And, but what does that mean? So you forgive them and you leave them in your lives and they continue to abuse you in one way or another? You might hear my little kitty cat meowing. She wants my attention. <laughs> anyway, um, and she said, Jill, no, no, that's not what they're saying. You need to heal this. You need to get past this because it's really stifling other parts of your life. And it was. It affected my relationships. It affected my parenting because I wanted to be so opposite. And I am so opposite. I mean, like the curse and that karmic debt has been paid and it's been cleared out for me. You know, the buck stopped here. I did not continue the behaviors that were generations of just toxic craziness. And so when you affirm to choose to heal your past without fear, without these past events holding you back, that is the most wonderful thing you can do for yourself, whether you want to do this or not, as a human being, as somebody who has suffered a trauma or somebody who is upset or somebody who needs to deal with heartbreak or needs to get over something or is afraid of something. Don't be afraid. In this day and age, there's help for everything. And I don't mean going to a shrink. I mean help from real people. You know, it's for me. I would, I would love to help people on on all platforms. And what I can do is I can connect you with the heartbreak of losing someone, and and you can talk to them again. But you know, I think that I can do more, and that's why. I'm doing this podcast. That's why I am just telling you guys what I know and, and how I've learned it and how you can learn it too because I'm not that special. Quite ordinary. And so if I can do it, you can do it. So... Step three is learn about it, like I said. You know, chances are, if you, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there, chances are you will meet somebody who's gotten past it, who's who's healed their fear, whatever the fear, fear is, and you'll get, you know, advice, confirmation that it can be done. 
Step four is to face it head on. If you're afraid of sleeping in the dark, sleep in the dark. If you're afraid of water, get in that pool. Take a lifeguarding course. Do it. You have to face it head on, your fears. Otherwise, it's pointless. You won't heal. Step five is growth. What did this fear and the act of overcoming it do for you? Was there a larger reason for the fear in the first place? What do you understand now? So this is kind of like looking back at fear, at whatever the fear was. And saying, oh, picking it apart a little bit. But only after it's healed. You're healed from it. After you're not afraid of flying. After you're not afraid of dark spaces. After you're not afraid of whatever it is that plagues you. And then this step six is teach. You know, you be the astounding confirmation that it can be done to someone else who needs it. There is no greater teacher in this world than one who has been the student. Never forget that. So that is the six steps that my mentor and advisor um, had given me a couple years ago. And I'm glad I found them. I hope they're beneficial for you. I'll be right back after this short announcement. And then we'll talk about clairvoyance. And we're back. This is segment two of the weekend edition of Psychic Today. I'm your host, Jill Roberts. And now I thought we'd talk a little bit about clairvoyance. So I did touch on clairvoyance a bit in a couple of past episodes, and I know I did clairaudience, but I'd like to do them one at a time because there's plenty of them, believe me, not just the five psychic senses of the five senses, the physical senses you have. So today we're going to talk about clairvoyance. Now, simply put, it's really the ability to see beyond physical perception, okay? So, you know, many people use this term incorrectly to describe levels of psychic ability. You know, it's the most known, um, the most popular as far as when someone thinks of psychics or mediums, they think of clairvoyance. When they think of psychic ability, they think of clairvoyance. They don't realize that a lot of other clairs are either just as important, if not more important, sometimes depending on what type of person you are. So again, I just want to get back to my daughter who is um, still young enough for me to mentor and help her in a sense that Um, Because she is artistically gifted and just everything she does, the way she learns is, you know, visual. 
because for her, everything is visual. She, of course, has her strongest Claire right now is clairvoyance and probably will be for the rest of her life, you know. Um, for me, it didn't start that way. You know, when I was little, little, yes, it was what I saw. But when I got older, for me, it was claircognizance, which is clear knowing. And clear knowing can be very frustrating because you know something, you don't know how you know it, but you know it. And also, I'm empathic, so I feel stuff through my trunk chakras, the trunk of my body, because that's where our emotions are. So for me, I would have this clear knowing and this clear feeling that is different for, from clairsentience. I mean, it's kind of like clairsentience in a sense, but my clairsentience comes through, like I said, when uh, departed loved ones are giving me um, information as to how they passed. So my empathic ability is more emotions of others. And it can be overloading sometimes because you're picking up others' feelings, people in, you know, people around you, not just people who are deceased, living people. So, of course, it can get a little daunting if you don't know, if you don't realize you're an empath. And um, there are so many wonderful videos on YouTube, uh, websites about how to deal with empathic abilities. Um, again, that's going to be, part, it is a clear. It definitely is a psychic sense, one that you wouldn't think of. But we're going to do the most popular and known about by everyone in this world, whether they know what a psychic does or a medium does. I, I just don't like the word psychic. I mean, I have it in my website because when people search for some for someone who does who does what I do, they always put psychic medium together. Psychic is kind of an umbrella term to me. It's predicting future events, and although I can do that, I do that through mediumship. And, of course, it's all subject to change because we have free will and the future is not set in stone because we make decisions and choices all the time. So, anyway, let's get to clairvoyance. So, there's two forms of it. There's subjective clairvoyance and objective clairvoyance. Now, subjective clairvoyance is the ability to perceive um, and see with the mind's eye. So many people describe it as um, seeing like um, just images in their mind. Um, it could be flashes. It could be like a movie, pictures. They see it in their head, okay? So that's subjective clairvoyance. Now, objective clairvoyance is the ability to see images and spirit with your physical eyes, with your eyes open. Like the person sitting across from you, you see them right there. I have both subjective and objective clairvoyance. Um, for me, it's more 
the spirit is more in control of what if whether they want to appear to me or not. You know, listen, they don't have a physical body anymore. So for them to show up and and for me to be able to see them, it takes a lot of energy for them to do this. So, you know, just realize if you're able to see with your physical eyes, to see images or, or spirit, especially spirit, you know, it's a big deal. It's a lot of work for them. And, you know, it depends on how strong a communicator they are as well. But, you know, if you can see them, then there's probably a import, there's an important message they want to get across. Um, so I leave it up to the spirit. You know, if they want to come in and show me via my mind, my mind's eye is what I like to call it, or if they want to show up physically, that's fine. A lot of times I'll be in Zoom with a client. It's a conferencing. It's a video conferencing. And um, I'll see that. I'll see the spirit. But the spirit won't be here with me. It'll be on the other end standing with their loved ones. And I always love that because I get to, you know, physically, you know, tell them, all right, you know, your, you know, Aunt Bessie is standing to your left and she looks like this and she's wearing that and she is saying this and she is saying that. Okay, so... I don't want you to get too confused with subject, the words subjective and objective. Just know that one type of clairvoyance you see in your mind with the eyes closed usually, because usually it comes when you're meditating and trying to connect with spirit, and the other is when your eyes are open. So, um, but there are certain weird things here, okay? So you can have a, like, a physical clairvoyant experience with subjective interpretation. And you can also have, you know, a subjective clairvoyant experience, seeing it in your mind's eye, with physical interpretation. (laughs) Confused much? I know. Using these words, objective, subjective, and to me they're confusing. I know what they are now um, because I've been practicing for a long time, but learning this is can be confusing. Um, so when it's subjective interpretation, again, we're going to get back here to symbols. I know I talked about this, I think, in the last episode. Definitely get a notebook, a cheap one, from, a, you know, one of your pharmacies, CVS, Walgreens, you know, Swain Reed we have here in Manhattan on every single block. So you know, go to one of those type of places, grab a notebook, you know, a spiral notebook or a regular notebook for, you know, $2 and use it just for symbols, okay? So now the subjective interpretation is the interpretation of symbols when the message is not completely clear. So, for example, let's say they're, you know, they're physically here but they're not talking, right? You're not hearing anything. You're not hearing it in your mind. You're not hearing it in with your with your ears. The clairaudience is off. 
it's like watching a television in mute, okay? So this is known as a subjective interpretation because let's say you see the person and they're handing you um, or they're showing you, you know, white roses, okay? So this, again, is symbolization where we have to interpret the meaning behind what's shown. So, again, every medium has, like every person, has their own definition for a symbol. So one person might see white roses and think, oh, okay, white roses for me means, you know, happy birthday. So you might say, oh, is it your birthday? And they'd be like, no, because you're going by somebody else's interpretation another medium or if you're, whoever you're studying under, whoever's mentoring you, it has to be your interpretation. So for me, it would mean happy anniversary or whatever. And so if I see the spirit and I see white roses, then I say, you know, your wife is coming through and she is saying happy anniversary. But Always tell your client what you are seeing, feeling, hearing, whatever it is. Whatever psychic sense is coming through, whatever clarability is coming through, tell the client, okay? Because here I'm saying, you know, say your wife is here and she's saying happy anniversary. You have to tell them first, I see your wife. She is, if she's wearing something, if you can see anything, you know, the color of her hair, you know, whatever. This is the way she's dressed. She has white roses. And you can say, for me, white roses signifies anniversary. Do you have an anniversary coming up? Is it your anniversary today or coming up soon or did it just pass? And that's how you can get around this. Okay, so... Start journaling, start putting down as many symbols that you see around you as you can. So, you know, if you see a, I don't know, something in in, in your world, okay? Um, if you see a hanger, for me, this symbol is a long one, but for me, we mean a an abusive mother why because hangers to me as a symbol remind me of um the movie mommy dearest so you know to me that is an answer about a specific actress and, of course, it didn't come out until the actress had passed. I don't know how her daughter could have even waited for that. But, anyway, so that's an example. That's a really specific example. But, you know, if you see, you know, an autumn tree, it could mean for you, you know, being in the mountains and, you know, so... Just write down a bunch of stuff that has meaning to you. You look at it, you see it. What does that mean to you? 
write it down because it'll make communicating with spirit for yourself a lot easier whether you do it for anybody else for yourself it's important so there's also objective interpretation this is the straightforward meaning behind what's being shown so you just say you know this is what i'm seeing that's what it is that's it there's there's just a straightforward meaning to that so how do you know which is which how do you know when you're seeing let's say i'm seeing the wife sitting there with white roses how do i know it's subjective or objective how do i know it's a symbol or how do i know it's something that's just straightforward well you always tell the client what you see or yourself what you see right if you're doing if you're you're trying to communicate with one of your lost loved ones the past loved ones i hate to say lost because they're not lost your past loved ones then you know you think about it think about any memories think about what it means to you you know then you know but you always if you, you always tell what you're seeing first you know and i said this in the last episode because you know we're also scared of getting it wrong you know listen we're depending on the supernatural here to help us do our job okay we're depending on spirit we're depending on our abilities we're depending on our higher selves we're depending on a hell of a lot of things There's a lot of balls in this juggling act up in the air. And the worst thing a client can say is, no, I don't know what you're talking about or, you know, doesn't make sense to me. Nine times out of ten, they'll realize it either a little bit later on after the reading is over or a couple weeks from then or a couple months from then which is why I like to use Zoom conferencing because then it's recorded. Then I can give my client the video of it and they can go back and say, wait a minute, that makes sense now. Or, you know, a certain number or a certain whatever you're giving them. So if they say no, it's okay. We can be wrong. Listen, this is not an easy thing to do. This takes a lot of of development it takes it takes time you know so of course some people are naturals but some people have to work at it you know not everything comes naturally there will be parts of developing mediumship abilities that are harder than others so just know if you're passionate about it if you want to do this for yourself or if you want to help others this is why I do it, honestly, because to me, this is the greatest gift I can give someone. I've been in situations where I've lost somebody and it was like, I would give anything to, because it's final to us here in the 3D, in the third dimension. We're never going to see them again. Some people could become suicidal because they're so distraught. And they think that if they kill themselves or hurt themselves, 
enough to kill themselves that they they will then be with that person. So really think about if you want to do this because it takes a lot of work, but it's really, really worth it. You're changing people's lives. You're helping someone who's heartbroken. You know, you're helping someone who's sad. And believe me, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to us. It doesn't mean that we don't grieve just because we can do this. You know, I have someone in spirit who I love very much and think about every day. And it's been a very long time. And for some reason, I will not reach out and try to communicate with him. I don't know why. Maybe for me, at this point, it would be really too painful. So, you know, like I said, I was a dental assistant for years as well while I was in college. So I made my money back then. And, you know, dentists don't get a chance to work on themselves. So a lot of the time, I'm working for clients and I don't have time and it makes it easy to push it off. I will say one thing. I think I need to do it. So I'm going to make a promise to my audience now because I am sort of mentoring you guys here in development. I will make an attempt to communicate with him because there should be no reason that anybody with these abilities should should not do it when they can. Yeah, I'll be sad, but, you know, so much of life has moved on since then. You know, I am married and have a family and, you know, it's, it's before and kind of after, and that's how we kind of look at when we lost a loved one that was very dear to us before they passed and after they passed. So doing this is giving back and really paying it forward because you never know how much that person means to someone and how much it means to them to be able to know that that person's okay. And that it's really that person, which is why I will be going through um, the CERT methodology that I learned as a, the in the art of evidential mediumship. And um, the certain rules of this CERT methodology. And it's a specific type of mediumship. So... I will be doing that as well. But anyway, so always give what you're seeing. And after a while, you you know, you practice with your friends, you practice with your family, and you'll begin to identify, you know, when what you're seeing, is is it a symbol or is it what's being, you know, given to you is straightforward. You know, give everything you get and then, you know, if the client identifies with it or not, you know, you know, they'll tell you. And usually they'll they'll define the meaning behind the symbol as well. 
because especially visually visually if there's no other clairs going on if you see something and it's not speaking or you're not feeling something or you're not having a clear knowing then it makes it kind of hard so like i said it's like a tv on mute without lips moving they're not because it's not like tv shows most people are talking you know so it's it's someone who is mute and but you see them so um you know we all identify with the fact that clairvoyance is perceived through the third eye and um but your emotional states or where you feel emotion is in the middle of your body you know which are chakras basically two, three, four, sometimes five, going up to the throat. Usually it's mostly, you know, the solar plexus to make that area of your body. And um, so even though clairvoyance is perceived through third eye, but we're getting our emotions in our solar plexus, if we're not clearing our, our chakras on a regular basis, It'll definitely affect how you see and perceive spirit. So, you know, the the physical chakras are very important. I mean, don't get me wrong. The other chakras are as well. And there's loads of them. So, but most people just know of, you know, the root, the sacral, the solar plexus, the heart, the throat, the third eye, the crown. There you go. So, you know, we feel everything through, like around our belly button area, right above our belly button area. I, If I'm around a toxic person, whether I'm on the phone with them or I see them, I always, I and I, I started doing this, and I, it seems to really help. Um, I just cover my, my belly button with my hands. That way, that energy, because like I said, I'm empathic, that energy doesn't come in. I kind of block it. And you can do it just very subtly. And try and take a step back a little bit if it's in person and it's somebody who is irate or, you know, talking about somebody else in a negative connotation. You know, so there's something that doesn't feel right to you, okay? Try and take a step back sideways. You know, so stands kind of sideways. You know how when you're talking and standing and talking with someone, how you can, um, you know, how you kind of move around a bit. You don't just stand still like a statue. So it's not going to be noticeable. You know, you keep your hands maybe like, you know, um, interwoven at your your uh, solar plexus by your belly button. Like you're standing there with just your hands crossed there. And then eventually, you know, a little bit, a few minutes, not minutes, maybe seconds later, you start to just move sideways a little bit. I'm not talking about completely sideways. You know, just diagonally where that energy from that person then is not getting into that, that, the, that chakra area through the belly button, okay? That's what we'll call the southern plexus to make it easier. You want to protect the belly button, make sure that negative energy isn't getting through there. 
And after a while, it just becomes normal. And you just do it, you know. Because um, you have to protect yourself, too. Like I said, I've had plenty of toxic people in my life. And, you know, I've learned to, even on the telephone. And now the telephone is coming through my ear. So it's not a clear audience problem. It's an empathic problem. So I just cover, uh, if I'm sitting on the phone listening, I just cover my stomach, listen, and, and I try and get away from them as soon as possible. Yeah, whether it's in person or on the phone. You know, you got to go, make up an excuse that's plausible, and that's it. I have an appointment. I've got to get going. Um, you know, my kids, if you don't have children, my dogs, if you don't have dogs, my cats, if you don't have cats, whatever, you know, you got to go. <laughs> You'll find a reason. Um, so the personality of a human being is the spirit. So while the brain is a tool made available to him and just one of the physical body's many tools that are available to spirit for the duration of the connection with the body, which is the incarnation, so that information that's coming from the spirit can reach the brain, a communication route is necessary. In the body, the pathway begins at the level of the solar plexus. Again, because that's where we feel everything. It's like a gateway for the spirit to the body. Okay? So it's always important to ground. There are certain things that you have to do before doing all of this. You know, there's an opening. There's a grounding, an opening, a linking, and a closing. So basically you want to ground and I always ground before I do any, even any meditations, because I don't know what's going to come in. I don't know who's going to come in, what's going to come in, and what I have to deal with when I'm just doing something for myself, let alone I'm not putting it out there. I'm not shifting my consciousness to connect with a specific person, a spirit. I'm really just trying to expand my consciousness. My maybe I'm doing a shamanic thing. I'm maybe I'm doing a a vision quest. Maybe I'm doing a journey. Maybe you know I'm dealing with uh, you know the elementals and the spirit animals. You know I might be doing something completely different for myself, or you know just for my rituals and a spirit can't come in and you know if you want that that's fine if you want that person in if you don't you always just ask them to step back like as if they're here in spirit you know how there's like that three feet of personal space it's basically you put your 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 arm out and your hand up no one should come in within that space who you don't want to I mean, if it's your husband coming in for a kiss, that's fine. But, or your wife or whatever. But if it's somebody that you're talking to, or in this case, a spirit, you know, they need to get out of your personal space if you don't want them there. If you're not willing to take a message or you're not willing to see what the heck they want, you can always tell them to step back. You know, because they're mostly coming from high vibrational light, so they're not going to, they're not malevolent. 
They're not going to, they're not going to be nasty. They're, they're going to do what you say, you know, they might just be taking an opportunity because your consciousness has shifted. You're up in, you know, vibrationally and they're going there so they can get a message through. So, you know, just realize that you can say no. And, you know, we often think that the third eye is the same way we use our physical eyes, and it's not, you know. With the physical eyes, you know, we're we're seeing what's outward and, and bringing the information into the brain. With the third eye, we're doing the opposite. We're, we're seeing something that what is that's inward and we're projecting it outward. There's this main etheric cord of life that's, you know, connected to our solar plexus. And it's usually, you know, gray or silver, or however you interpret the color. And, and it's known as, quote-unquote, the silver cord. So the energy connection comes through the silver cord into our solar plexus chakra and then moves up to the pineal gland in the brain and through our third eye. So believe it or not, you know, some people think metaphysics is bullshit. It's not. It's scientific as hell. You know, being able to do this, you know, just because, you know, scientists, not so much scientists, because scientists are even getting into that, but doctors or, you know, just because they can't see it on an x-ray, they think it's it's full, and it's not. I mean, this is scientific. This is something coming from our etheric cord, going through our solar plexus, up to our pineal gland in our brain, and then coming through to our our consciousness, to our third eye. That's another chakra, okay? So, you know... Don't think it's all woo-woo. There's a lot of people out there who think that the stuff that we do as mediums is bullshit, and it's not, and it's not woo-woo. It's not woo-woo stuff. I hate it when there's gurus who think they're scientific, and, you know, there's one I won't name who I, I you know, take in his ideology, but he's arrogant and nasty, and it's just very hard to learn from somebody like that somebody who's always aggravated with their students. That's not the type of mentor people need. Not when they're trying to help other people. It's it's not just for their own gain or their gain of being, you know, better consciously than other people. Some some self made gurus, um in the science, more scientific, quote-unquote, scientific world, um, try to make it almost like it's a, not a race, but it's like a competition, you know? Like, you know, you've got to learn to do this, 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 and this, so that way you can be this. And then pits people against one another, and I don't know, it's, it's not a way of teaching I think is very um valuable, ethical, moral <laughs> you may you name it. But anyway, so um what you can do 
is um, you can, again, I talked about fears in the first segment. You can start thinking about that and working through, you know, healing and creating, um, working through a fear that's creating a blockage in your life that's impacting your life where you're not doing something because of it. You know, try and start to to go through, listen to that segment again, go through those steps that um, I was given from my mentor and um, and my teacher. She was wonderful. She is wonderful, I should say. She's still teaching. Um, God bless her. She's wonderful. Um, so definitely do that. And then again, let's go back to symbolization. Sounds like I said civilization. Symbolization. Um, make sure you're looking at examples of symbols in your life. You know, define them, write them down. Um, if you're really following this and you really want to develop, you know, try and do 50 or 25. Depends on how passionate you are. The more passionate you are about it, the more you'll do it. And, you know, that's entirely up to you. I will be um, starting um, a mediumship academy. And we will be doing live um live sessions on with you know with other students as well it's not going to be a one-on-one thing um unless you really want a one-on-one thing and that would have to be made through special arrangements but um once the website is finished um i will give you that information and i'm looking to start after the new year probably in February, um, and we'll meet once a week, and it'll be taped, so if you can't make it, that's all right, but try and make the live sessions, because we're going to be doing a lot of, um, a lot of work that, um, you really need to be there for, and it'll run, maybe about 12 weeks and by the end of 12 weeks you will be certified as a medium so think about it um we have plenty of time before february and once i know the information i'll get out to you if you're interested go to um psychicmediumnewyorkcity.com leave a comment there on any post it'll notify me and I'll get back to you right away just say I'm, I'm interested in taking the um, mediumship course um, you can take the mediumship course without this certification that is fine um, and you can take it with the certification so just you know if anyone's interested let me know we'll definitely you know We'll definitely be in touch with one another. Um, and basically, my services for anybody who wants readings or um, 
you know, tarot or your divine soul blueprint. I am actually having a sale on that right now till the end of December on uh, the soul, soul realignment divine soul blueprint. So you can check that out. Um, any other services that you are interested in, if you want to find that, you can through the through the New York City website, the psychic medium New York City dot com. They will under the menu there is services. It will take you to the other website. But if you're just interested in services of mine, as um, as a client, you can go to psychic medium NYC just the abbreviation for New York City, nyc.com. And I'd be happy to schedule an appointment with you. So, again, this is the weekend edition. I hope you have an amazing next couple days. And, again, if there's anything you want to talk about or want to learn more about, leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And, you know, I'll talk about it. So this is basically um, part two, I guess. I'm just going to put them in parts so that way if you're coming to this late, you can listen to it in order. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean this is the order you need to learn in. It's just a little bit more um, organized this way. So um, I'm probably going to do, I mean, there will be a lot of them. But it takes a lot to do it, so, you know, I'm giving you just little tidbits here and there of of things that you can do and my experience. So, you know, everybody's experience is different, but I want to help any way I can. So just know that I'm here, whether it's as a medium or as a friend or you know, as someone you want to be mentored by, okay? With all my love and light, have an extraordinary weekend. And remember, we all deserve to live extraordinary lives, speaking of extraordinary. And let's do this journey together. This is Psychic Today with Jill Roberts. And have a great day.